Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. And help me welcome our internet family, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hey, we're in some uh, uh, complex days in our, in our world, especially in our nation right now. This last week was the inauguration. And whether you are thrilled about that or you are disappointed and upset about that, we as followers of Jesus must heed God's word And we now pray for those that are in authority over us. Can I get an amen? Amen. We also conduct ourselves. We conduct ourselves as children of the kingdom of God. We walk in a different standard. We carry ourselves and conduct ourselves in a a good way. And I want to encourage encourage you in that. I also want to really strongly warn you that you guard your, your worldview. I believe with all my heart you should have a biblical worldview. Not a Christian worldview, that's, there's too many variables on that. Not a political worldview or a, a media-induced in, in, worldview. Your worldview needs to be based upon God's Word. As for God, His ways are perfect. Any other, any other worldview that you would take on, it will not serve you well. And if it serves you at all, it will not serve you long. And so we must live in that biblical worldview. I cannot encourage you enough with that because so many other things are trying to misshape and mis form our, our worldviews. And, and as I said, it will not serve you well and it will not serve you long. Let's have a biblical worldview. If you need more help on that, I did a teaching. It is online, archived, called Filter uh, that I taught back last spring. And I would encourage you to refer back to that. It's on, it's on our website. And it's on your smartphones and everything else. But just vital for your life and the people around you to, that you do that. On Wednesday night, I shared a resource made available by uh, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association called How to Pray for Our Leaders, and uh, that is available to you. You can Google or Chrome or whatever you want to do and find uh, Billy Graham Leader Prayer Guide, or if you're following this service right now on version on the Bible app, if you're on the live event, you can, I have a, we have a link there that you can click and then download that PDF, print it off, or just have it there. It, it has who would be, you can fill in the blank for who uh, leaders are, national all the way down to local, what the Bible says, and then how to pray. And so this is a great resource. And just as scripture does, I call you, let's make sure that we were praying for those over us uh, in authority so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable lives. Can we get an amen today? All right, good deal. Well, let's dive into our series, Frequency. We're um, part four, our, our fourth week on this. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Scripture here in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 in the New International Version. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And this is talking about a leading, a prompting, a speaking of God into our life. And um, we need it. And as you see in this verse, it's, it has to do with direction. How many of you could use some help with direction in your life? Okay, there they they are. Um, And this is the thing. God has a vantage point better than our vantage point. His ways and thoughts are higher, as as high as the heavens are above the earth. So far, his thoughts and ways above our thoughts and ways. So God, how many of you would give me this? God can see things you can't see. I mean, God knows who's going to win the Super Bowl. 
God sees what's going to happen tomorrow. You can't. You can't. God sees what's going to happen in three and a half weeks. You can't. He can. And, and God can direct us in these ways. God will give us direction by what he sees and what he knows. That Things that you and I could never see or could never know unless he would help us with that. Now, this does not put requirement on God that he's got to fill us in on all detail. I just want the direction so that you and I end up at the right place at the right time. Amen? And so it's important that we have God speaking to us in, in these ways. Uh, we believe this also, that God tends to speak to people who want to hear from him. Well, let me back up on that. I need to hear from him. Therefore, I want to hear from him. So whether or not you want to hear from him, you need to hear from him. And knowing that you need to hear from him uh, should make you want to hear from him. Last week, we looked at several ways, some of the probably the most typical ways that God would speak to us. There are numerous ways that he can and does. And after all, he is God. He can speak to us in any way that he wants to. But God uh, has typically would use these ways, his word, his people, his church through preaching and teaching, and through his spirit, God would speak to us in a number of ways like that. So what we want to do, what we all desperately need is if God is speaking to us, and he is, then we want to make sure that it's God. If I have a subtitle today, it would be this. God, is that really you? Because we want to make sure. I do. I trust that you do as, as well. Um, I shared a story at the end of the message last week about um, uh, my family. When we all came to the Lord, a pastor had stopped. The Lord had prompted the pastor to stop, back up, pull in that driveway, invite that family to church. And w- over the next two weeks, our whole family um, gave our lives to the Lord. And so we get involved in this little country church, and um, we start going, and we're all in. And I remember sitting there, and I'm in like sixth grade at this point, and I remember that they did not have a piano player, but they had a piano. And I remember just looking at that piano, and they did have an accordion player, though. (laughs) No lie. And I don't know if she was that good, but she was loud. And very lively, and I was just intrigued by it. And so I'd ask my mom, can I go sit by her? Because she'd sit on the front row and play that thing. A lot of buttons and a whole lot of movement going on. It was just intriguing. So I wanted to be close to that. So sitting up there watching that. And I remember one service one night that um, I'm looking over during song service. We really didn't do praise and worship so well back then. It was just kind of a... And... um, I remember looking over at the piano and I felt something and I felt and I thought if I get up right now and go over to the piano, I'll be able to play it. (laughs) I didn't go. I didn't go. I froze. I just let my eyes go that way to the piano now and then, you know, would you like to hear me? No, you don't. No, you don't. Did I miss a miracle? I don't know. Did I save myself and my family from embarrassment? Probably. You know, probably. But I've thought back to that so many times. I'll hear, I'll hear Tom Rowell on the piano or whatever playing. I go, you know, I might have could have done that without practice, you know. So... We want to make sure God is that really you. Let me share a few things with you, and then I've got five 
safeguards, filters, tests that we can make sure that God is speaking to us. First of all, we need to concern ourselves with, with knowing and obeying God's written word. I believe that as we, the more familiar that we get with his word, this is how God speaks to us. This is settled, okay? This is known, visible, verifiable, objective word of God. And the better that we do at learning and obeying God's objective word, then and if God gives us something a little less verifiable, a nudge to do something that's off the page, uh, we'll, we're going to succeed a little better at hearing that and following through on that. Let me encourage you also, don't force it. Don't force it. Don't make up stuff. Don't complicate it. Don't make this hard. And don't be weird, okay? As God speaks and leads in, in our life, um, he knows who he's talking to. It's us, okay? So he's not going to make it that hard, complicated, weird, or anything else like that. Um, our church, we will celebrate our 28th anniversary this, this August. That's hard to believe. Um, I remember in about the first or second year, there was a young lady that was serving, volunteering in some areas of the church. And she, um, she came to me one day and she said, pastor, I'm going to be moving. I said, you are, where are you going? She goes, Alabama. I said, well, what's in Alabama? She says, I don't know. And I said, then why are you going? And she goes, yesterday, three cars passed me in a row that had an Alabama license tag on. (laughs) So I said to her, I said, you're going to be moving a lot in your lifetime. <laughs> and then I said, when, when did all this happen? And she goes, yesterday, Saturday. I said, might be just a coincidence, but did you know that Alabama was playing the Gators here in Gainesville? <laughs> so I don't know. But see, don't complicate this. Don't push this. Don't be weird. Just relax. God will make things known to us. Can you say Amen. And then a big warning. Everybody say warning. Be careful going around saying God said, God told me, God told me to tell you. Be real careful about that. Really, really. You need to treat this as, as holy. And, and don't be cavalier or rough about that at all. In, in Ezekiel chapter 13, that kind of thing was going on. And God spoke through the prophet Ezekiel. And he said, tell these people to stop saying God said when in fact I have not spoken. And here's the, here's the backside of that warning. He said, I am against you and you will not remain. So that's enough for me to back off a little bit and reframe my language to perhaps say, I feel led. I feel prompted. I'm praying about this. I sense that God is leading me in this way. But you want to be careful about that. And I really encourage you, let God be God and don't you dare step over the line as far as what God would say when maybe Yet he didn't say it. Now, as far as getting all of this right, um, I don't get it right 100% of the time. I doubt you do either. Here's the reason why. I don't get it right 100% of the time because I'm me. And you don't get it 100% of the time because you're you. Guess what else? There's a lot of static, noise, interference in our world today. And don't forget this, we have an enemy. And do you remember what the enemy's opening line was in the Bible in Genesis chapter 3? Did God really say that? And so he's always out to skew the message that, that God would have for us. So let me share with you five safeguards, five 
filters, tests, whatever you want to call them, that will help us to make sure if we're feeling a prompting, a, a nudging, a leading that, that God is at work, God is speaking something to us. This will help us to kind of clarify. So number one would be this. Does this sound like God? Does this sound like God? If you've got some prompting, leading thought, does this really sound like God? Does it line up with God's word? Is it consistent with what I know of God's character, of God's pattern, of the themes and teachings throughout Scripture? Does it line up with those things? Would God say that to me? Is that really God? Does it sound like God? Imagine that you're a, a child and it's after school. Your mom is supposed to pick you up. She's a couple minutes late. A car pulls up with a stranger in it. And the stranger says, hey, kid, your mom told me to give you a ride. Okay, now if you were raised by my mom, I knew that would never happen. Okay? Now, my mom threatened to send me away with strangers before, but... <laughs> But she wanted to initiate it, okay? So, but I would know if, if that were to happen, because I know my mom. Does that sound like my mom? No, because my mom said, you don't even talk to strangers. You don't get in a car with strangers. You stay away from strangers. So knowing my mom, I knew that if that situation came up, I would know what to do. In the same way, if something comes, does this sound like God, and we want to we kind of clear it out in that way. Realize this too. God and his word are one. God and his word are one. Jesus and the Father are one. They're in agreement. Jesus said, I only say what I hear my Father saying. I only do what I see my Father doing. And realize this, that God's voice, don't miss this, God's voice will never disagree with God's word. God's voice will never disagree with with God's word. And you can just look at it and think about it. Would Jesus do that? Would Jesus say to do that? Would Jesus really want me to do that? So the first test would be this. Does this sound like God? The second one is this. Does this sound like you? Does this sound like you? So you can weigh it that way. Are you wired that way? What this thing that you feel led to do or, or prompted to look into, does it, are you wired that way? Does it match your interest, your background, your expertise, your personality, your education? How many of you feel like you know me a little bit through sermons? Okay. So if I came today and said, I believe the Lord is leading me to leave the ministry and to open an okra restaurant... And teach math. <laughs> How many of you know, Pastor, you're missing it, okay? Because that, that would not go well. So that's a humorous way to kind of look at it, but does it sound like you? God typically leads us from the known to the unknown. So in life, as you're going along, endeavoring to follow him, you're going to stay pretty close, pretty true. And when you get off Get off course. God will lead you back. You know how he does, how he works with us. So God will take you from the known to the unknown. When I went to college, I was pursuing music and a career in music. And then through music in my life, which was the known, then God led me into ministry. I know of a young lady, her family is in the church. She was pursuing education and a career in the medical field. And during some classwork and exposure there, she got interested. Her passions just ignited for something. And, and instead of directly being in the medical field, she's now a crime scene investigator, CSI. And so you go from the known to the unknown. I talk to young people all the time. What's your next step? What's your next step? That's the important thing. It's just your next step. 
Well, I believe my next step is to go to school. You know, go to college. Well, what are you going to study? I'm not really sure yet. Well, good thing is you've got some time. Get your general studies. Do some assessments. Find out where you're going, and God will take you from the known to the unknown. And it is a journey. Everybody say it's a journey. Now, get this. Because it's a journey, rarely then is it a jolt. Unless you're just not paying attention or you're ignoring God, it's going to be in general pretty much in line with where your life is, is, is taking you. So does this sound like you? And so make sure that we're, we're using that also as a safeguard. The third test would be this. Is it wise? Say that with me. Is it wise? If what you sense or hear is really from God, if it's really from God, then rarely, if ever, will it go against wisdom and common sense. God's prescribed path for us is wisdom. We, we are to walk in wisdom in all of our dealings, we're to walk in wisdom in all of our relationships and all of the paths of life. God is wanting us to walk in wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, which is right in the middle of the Bible, he gives us this book of wisdom. And here's the great thing he does. He has comparison and contrast with the wise and with the foolish. And so you're able to see, and God is prescribing this for us. Here's how wisdom acts. Here's how the foolish act. And it's on virtually every subject. It's on, how to, on finances, it's on work, it's on anger, it's on sex, it's on relationships. Some of y'all just looked up when I said sex. That literally just happened. Some, some people. On parenting, on work, on your words, on so many things. What do the wise do? What do the foolish do? So if God is prompting you to do something, leading, if it's really God, it's not going to run crosswise with wisdom and with common sense. It's a true story, two true stories, actually. Uh, this happened to me several times, different variations. I'm thinking one in particular right now, a few years ago. This couple comes to me, and they're just all wrapped up in each other. And they go, Pastor, we're getting married. I go, that's, that's awesome, I, I think. And I said, so uh, when's the big day? Well, the Lord told us it's next weekend. I said, okay. And how long have you known each other? And they go, well, this Tuesday would be three weeks. Oh, honey, Tuesday's our three-week anniversary. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, this is not wise. This is not God. Because you can't even get your background check back that, that <laughs> quick. Another time I had a, a guy come to me, had a decent job, nice family, all of that. He was trying. He really was trying. He said, Pastor... I believe God's telling me to cash it all in, sell everything, get cash, and go buy a whole bunch of lottery tickets. And I laughed. And he goes, I'm serious. And I said, you are? I said, why? He said, because I feel like God has given me a series of numbers, and those are my blessed numbers. And I grabbed him by the shoulders. I said, whatever you do, don't do this. Don't don't do this. And so sometimes things are not God because they are not what? They're not wise. Number four is this. What do trusted people say? What do trusted people say? You need to find several people, trusted people, and get their input. Let's look at some scripture here in Proverbs 11, verse 14. It says, where there is no counsel, no advice, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is what? There is safety. Look in Proverbs 12, 15. 
Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Listen, it is foolish to only listen to others if they agree with what you're wanting to do. That's like a spoiled little kid, okay? And, and you're only happy with other people if they say what you want them to say. And that's actually foolish. foolish. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. And look in Proverbs 20, verse 18. Plans are established by counsel, by wise counsel wage war. And so you need to have wise and godly counsel. You need to have two or three people that are veteran believers. Some, some folks that have walked with God longer than you have. Some people that you trust their relationship. That, people that are happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. You need to look for those kind of people. And listen, people that have both scars and trophies in their life. You want to have some people that know how to get back from, from a rough place that have gone through some tough places. You need to hear from them. You need to hear from some people who missed it before and have got back on track as well as people uh, that they also have some trophies of victory and triumph in their life as well. Ask them, you know, bounce things off of them. Hey, I'm feeling this. I've been praying about this. This keeps coming to mind. What do you think about that? And the other thing you must insist upon, although it might be assumed, don't assume it. Insist upon this. Tell them and please tell me the truth. Please tell me the truth. If this is goofy or it's, it, it doesn't register well with you, please let me know that as well. What do trusted people say? And then let me say this to you. If you don't have those people in your life, maybe all of your family and all of your friends are like pirates or something. You know, you don't, you don't have any trusted people in your life. Um, here's what you need to do. Serious, I'm serious as I can be about this. You need to get in a small group. You need to get into a small group. There is such safety and help there where you're up close with some people of like precious faith, a place where you can love and be loved, pray and be prayed for, serve and be served, help and encourage and be helped and encouraged. And there come settings and relationships where you can say, hey, guys, could I bounce something off of y'all? Would y'all pray with me about this? And you need to have people up close in your life, trusted counsel that can give you some good input and decide, help you decide if this is God or not. Amen? And then one last one this morning. Do you have peace? Do you have peace? And this is probably the, the biggie here. Let's look in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. It says, and let the peace of God, everybody say the peace of God. Let the peace of God rule. Notice this word here. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to also, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Look at it in the Amplified Bible. And let the peace, notice in parentheses here, soul harmony, which comes from Christ. Now let me stop right there. How many of you, when you feel peace or lack of peace, I kind of, I kind of, it calls it soul harmony here. I kind of feel it right here, right here. If you're not at peace, how many of you know it's just kind of something kind of snagged right in here. I'm not being, I'm not trying to, you know, give an anatomy lesson. I don't know where it actually happens, you know, in, in, your, in your soul, in your spirit. And I'm not making doctrine out of that. I'm telling you just where I kind of feel it's like, ah, what, what is that? You know, if you've got that check, that hold up. And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from God, from Christ, Rule, now watch this, because it amplifies what this word means. Rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality 
all questions that arise in your minds. We're to let the peace of God act like umpire in our hearts. That no matter what comes up, peace is the umpire. My stepfather umpired Little League Baseball for over three decades. So I kind of grew up at the ballpark. You know, it was like several games each night. A couple of those games would be mine throughout the week. And uh, he was rougher on me than anybody else because he didn't want to show partiality. So if it was close, ball, strike, it'd be a strike on me. It's like, you know. But he's a big guy, imposing guy. He ran a tight ship. You hustled out on the field. You hustled off the field. If you threw your helmet, your bat, your glove, you were out of the game. And when he called it out, it was... Y'all are weak. If he, if he called it out, it was out. As a matter of fact, out of there. And if you were safe, you were safe. If it was a strike, it was a strike. It wasn't like, uh, let's go to the replay. No, he just called it. Ball, strike, out, safe. And you need to let peace have that authority in your life, a peace or a lack of peace, to call it and settle it for you. And you've got to get in tune with that. And we'll talk next week about something I'll call hearing aids to really help you be able to hear and know what what God is doing for us. But you've got to slow down a little bit and register what is going on. And if you don't have peace, don't just drive by that peace in your your life. Decide uh, to not override a check that you might have on the inside, something hung up on the inside. And then if there's no peace, no go. I've canceled trips before. I've canceled uh, projects before because I end up with no peace, no peace. And you have to pay attention to that for your life, for your family, for your endeavors in life. You must do that. And let me throw this one last thing in, in, in for you this morning, and it's this. Be led by peace, not by opportunity. We live in such a consumer culture, you're going to be given opportunity all the time. You're going to be, you know, hey, the price on this car, on this TV, on this, uh, only good for the next 15 minutes. Only for you, too. Ah, oh, I had such a great opportunity today. Yeah, now you have five cars and six TVs. Because you were led, and you have no peace, and you have no cash. Or as Pastor Shamas teaches more, you have no margin left. And plenty of pressure. You know, you've got to be led by peace. Opportunity comes all the time. Opportunity does not have the final word. God has the final word. And one of the ways that he's, he's chosen to minister that to you is through peace, whether peace is there or not there. I would encourage you, whatever it would be, you feel God leading you, nudging you, speaking in your heart to do, run it through these things. Does this sound like God? Does this sound like you? Is it wise? What do trusted people in my life say? And then last of all, do I have peace about it? And you can run it through all of those and end up with peace. And you know what? Here we go. We're going to take, the, take that next step. Let me just remind you, you will still need courage. You will still need faith. And you will still need to walk close to God and lean in and listen so that you can hear what he would have to say to you. And the Lord will order your steps. He'll order your steps through life. Because he knows and sees things that you and I cannot know and see. And we need to hear from God. Therefore, we want to hear from God. Amen. This help you at all? Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. 
We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.